Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Show. Joining me is my co-founder and co-host Mac. Hey, Mac. Hey, guys. Hey. Um, all right. So this week we're going to talk about an interesting subject, something that has been uh, close to me at least, and something that we face on and off in the in the consulting world. Uh, we're going to be talking about what is an MVP. Why is it important? What are some myths around the MVP? Um, and uh, just some of just share some experiences that we've had working with people with different backgrounds, um, and sort of help them understand what it means. Um, all right, let's get started. So, Mac, what do you think is an MVP, and why has this word become, you know, such a buzzword, and why is it so important? So, I think the, we all know what it means in the literal sense. But it means different things to different people, and at a time where it's become so easy to raise funding, uh, an MVP has almost become like an alias for funding. Uh, but in a much truer sense, it's a validation of whether users actually want or need what you're building. Uh, to me, it means putting out a base product out there and understanding what the users want, prioritizing based on feedback, and building features that will provide the most value to the users. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think, you know, in a nutshell, you know, this is what I tell customers all the time is if you want to know whether your idea is actually a business, um, that's basically an MVP. Um, yeah. You know, if you want to know whether whether something is actually going to be sustainable uh, and people are going to pay for it, um, no matter what it is, that's that's what an MVP is. But here's here's the next question, right? Is that now that they understand what an MVP is, how do they sort of decide what to build, where to stop, how to take it to market? Like, what are those limiting features? Like, what do you? How do you sort of tackle that question? So I think. I, I, com- I completely understand where you're coming from because it means different things for different people, right? So at the cusp of it, uh, an MVP is like a base product, right? Somebody could see a base product as a product that uh, makes you profitable, that is uh, revenue making, or maybe it's just a means to get you to your first thousand users. Uh, to me, an MVP is whatever allows you to keep the lights on. Right. Since in whatever ways that I've seen different products pan out, right, each founder has figured out uh, what it is. Uh, that means that his business gets to keep the lights on, and he's done that. He or she has done that for their business. What's it for you? How do you make that call? You know, the way that I've typically done this is, you know. Considering we actually come from the consulting background, you know, different people ask us different questions. Um, the way that I do it is I, I try and understand what background that person is coming from. And right now what I'll do is I'll, let's consider this. So let's consider, divide like founders in different areas. So let's say there is a founder who's actually coming from the business world and he's worked in a big company. There's a founder who's coming from the tech world. There is a founder who's coming with like design background or some kind of artistic creative side. Each one has a different idea about about um, about how to go about building the MVP. The business guy wants to get out tomorrow. Uh, developers are extremely, you know, um, uh, they are professional being developers. They are, but they are being developers exactly. Um, and designers want to keep on trying new things, tinkering th- with things. You know, uh, uh, think about user flows that will probably never be used. Um, so I think understanding um, the core idea, saying okay, 
I am going to solve this problem and I think that people and it's big enough for people to pay me money for it, right? Is 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 the MVP. Um, and and it, it it needs to be conveyed differently to different sorts groups of people. Mm. Um, you don't want to get it out too soon for the business guy because he'll probably never validate it because he'll not build it good enough. And you want to convince the other two to build it well sooner so that they can make sure that this thing actually you know sort of pays off and it can make money it is a business that's interesting right because a lot of times uh, when i get into conversations with founders they don't even know what's the biggest pain point they've just created a problem statement that they think uh, is what the world is facing but they don't understand like in the everyday of their product being used, what's the biggest pain point that the customer is facing or even what's the biggest pain point that the customer is currently facing that their product will solve. So the more I think about it, right, like that MVP should have the minimum set of features that just allows you to solve those problems. Then you let the users tell you what else they want, what more they want. You take that feedback and you keep iterating on your product, but at least get something out that has value to your customers no i completely agree and you know an mvp is not a goal it's a phase of product development you know so you can, <laughs> that's true you, you 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 can say that a company is sort of validating and that is the mvp phase it's not like hey i hit the mvp phase now i'm i'm, I'm i win um yeah. so in that phase there is what we try to push and what we sort of try and convey to people you know being in the consulting side is you need to get out there as soon as possible, hmm. but you need to find a balance. You know, some yeah. people want to get out tomorrow. There is no value in that. If you build something that um, that is sort of written haphazardly hmm. or it doesn't really solve what you need to, then you just you don't really prove what you're out to prove. Uh, but you need to sort so, of find a cadence. I think this brings out an interesting uh, an other point, right? Uh, because now we've got a lot of out-of-the-box solutions, uh, no-code tools, right? Uh, that allows you to go out like really fast, right? Uh, it comes with the, most of the times it comes with these drag and drop flows. You're able to, anybody even without a tech experience is able to build uh, end-to-end digital products. What's your view uh, on using no-code tools to build an MVP? Uh, what are your thoughts around uh, maintaining these solutions? Is there a way that we can build on top of this at a later point in time? I think so. I think there is a lot of value in it. Um, what I what I think, if you're looking at, so I think it's very dependent on what vertical the customer is in so you know if you're a customer who's building you know a user-facing application or an application that is used for like a web app or a mobile application Hmm. i think it makes sense to use no code Um, it allows you to sort of build the product and take it to market and see whether people are going to use it 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 allows you to collect rapid feedback but if you're building something which is you know a high performance you know like a backend system, something for memory management, performance tools, etc. Like if your Ooh. if your business is in the you know on the tougher side of technology, then it makes no sense. You still need an MVP. Um, you still need to validate whether it's a business, uh, but definitely not on the no code side. Um, coming for back, me, yeah, go on, go on. 
coming back to the, the question so uh, in terms of what do I think about maintainability um, I think it is maintainable to a certain degree hmm. So using no code means you have to use it the way it wants you to sort of, you have to, you know, uh, work as per the limitations that those products have, mm. whether it's in the way that you create your database, the way that different products interact with each other, limitations mm. maybe in terms of design, um, things like that. So as long as that works for your user base, use it. Mm. Um, the minute you start seeing problems, uh, maybe it's performance. Maybe it's not allowing you to iterate fast enough. Maybe you want to redesign the whole thing and it's not allowing you to do that. Whatever mm. it is, know fully well that getting out of that ecosystem will take time. So get in only to prove a point, use it until you can and plan that point at which you'll have to come out. Because you will if it's going to turn into something bigger. I see I, I kind of agree with your point, but I think I feel like for anything that is customer facing, right, it's very difficult to get out a no-code solution because there are limitations, man. They're building for the world. They're not building for you. And that's where custom software development comes in. Also, you can contact us if you want to build any custom software. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the biggest problem, right? Uh, it's, not, it's not tailor-made for you, so it doesn't allow you to iterate fast enough or it doesn't allow you to give your users the exact experience that you want. And that's what you're selling in today's digital world, right? You're selling experiences more than anything because like the moment you come up with an idea, there are 10 other people that are doing the same thing. And the one that wins is most definitely the one with the best experience. So if you're, if you're out there for the long run, if you want to do this for a long time, I'll always tell people to build things themselves, be in control of what they're giving their customers. No, I think... I think in the long run, that's what everyone needs to do. Um, hmm. But I wouldn't spend like six months. Um, oh yeah, you know, building something that probably no one will use. Yeah, I think that's that's that sweet spot that you were talking about, right? Between figuring out timelines uh, versus what should be in the MVP. What's the features that we want? Yeah, and, and you got to find that balance. And that's the thing about you know. Um, that's the thing about consulting and that's the thing about the tech world. There are enough number of SaaS players and, you know, other companies that provide tools that you can build on top of or use together to build something. Hmm. Um, it may not do exactly what you need to, but it's enough to prove whether something will work. And so use it. Um, see, if, see if that business makes sense and then figure out how to make it better. Uh, but definitely don't spend six months trying to build you know a tool to schedule emails <laughs> <laughs> i mean if you're building a tool to schedule emails right now in this day and age you have no <laughs> you have no place in the business world but <laughs> i think that's another discussion altogether okay so do you think so you also spoke about like the problems that people face who are trying to solve deep technical challenges. Do you think there's an MVP that they need to build out as well? How does it differ from product to product or vertical to vertical? Well, so deep tech is a very different, uh, you know, 
sort of uh, business, what they're trying to do is they're trying to define the way or create a new way of doing something, whether it's about inventing a new microprocessor or a new way of uh, uh, new storage solution. A large part of what they do is based is research based. Now, you can't spend an enormous amount of time, um, you know, in research without actually, you know, creating something or validating that idea or proving whether what you're out to set, like, like find out, can be possible. So the way that I've seen most people do it is they, they their goals are definitely longer than a traditional SaaS business, mm. uh, but they do have goals. So if you're a storage company, you will have a goal saying that in six months, we're going to try uh, strategies A, B, C, D, because these are hypotheses that we have that will allow us to reach our goal and they will try it and see what has worked. And then they sort of keep building on top of that, but that is their MVP. So I think, you know, these in, in different verticals, instead of calling it an MVP, they're just calling it a milestone, right? Because at the end of the day, uh, every product that is being built is being built to solve a problem. And you can't solve the problem without continuous feedback from stakeholders. So it only makes sense to always have an MVP or a first milestone or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, so it's just that it's coupled with your marketing and sales activities. Um, so, you know, you, 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 you do a milestone in the MVP phase in collaboration with what the market wants or you think it wants. Mm -hmm. And when you hit that, you sort of go and validate and you see whether you can get That's not necessarily true um, when it's a well-established product because they might go different ways because product might want to do different things that, that marketers might have to go and convince people to use. <laughs> so uh, in the initial days, it's, it's very, you know, they have to work closely together. I think that makes sense. And I also think we're running out of time now. This is probably the longest episode that we've shot. Okay, great. So um, let's end on that note. Um, anything else that you want to add? That's it. All, uh, right. All right. Well, I think we're going to keep getting more of these out on a weekly basis. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, do subscribe and listen to us on all the different platforms that we're publishing too. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you.